Welcome back. Section 229, Creighton Basketball Talk. Happy to have you back. Merry Christmas. Man, boy, I tell you what, it does not feel like Christmas for me. It just feels like purgatory. <laughs> oh, but nonetheless, Merry Christmas. I'll be, uh, I'll be spending my time here in St. Louis all Christmas. Fine by me. I hope you have a great holiday. Wherever you are, stay safe, stay healthy, stay smart. All of that good stuff It's most important. Um, yeah, but welcome back into uh, Section 229. Uh, really excited to uh, get this episode to you guys today and um, just kind of scrolling through things. And I, I noticed this the other day, but I saw that Creighton is going to be allowing fans back into Chai Health finally. Uh, sweet deal. 2,500 fans per game, socially distanced. Uh, which is great. Um, seems to be like a pretty good plan to minimize risk. Um, and it would be obviously great to have fans back in the house. Um, seriously, I wish I was. I wish I felt safe traveling back to Omaha right now from St. Louis. But uh, it's all good. I'll be back in 229 next year. Come visit us. I, <laughs> I, I always tell people that uh, you know we we love to meet our fellow Jays fans and uh, always a good time talking uh, basketball with those who also love Creighton basketball. So um, yeah, like I said, 229. I think we're in row F. So, yeah, come see us. It'd be great. But, uh, yeah, great week of games last week. Man, that UConn game. I'll tell you what. UConn is probably the best uh, defensive team in the Big East right now. Um, or one of the best. Uh, and they we played really bad. Still won. So, that's good. Um, nice win for the Jays after a really tough loss at Marquette earlier in the week. Um, seems like the Jays have left that behind. And they've they've notched up two, uh, two wins since then. Um, they had one at St. John's and then obviously the one at UConn. Um, man, Damian Jefferson too. What a week he had! A gutty week for Damian Jefferson. Um, almost had a triple dub against uh, St. John's, and that is that's crazy. That hasn't happened uh, in a long time. Um, you know, then he he turns around, and hits a really clutch shot to push the Jays into overtime at UConn. Um, but really, just a gutty week by the senior. He's playing really well so far uh, this season. Um, and we'll get into that when we talk uh, with our guest today, who is Jordan Scurry. That guest, Jordan Scurry. Um, four-year player at Creighton, one of my favorites. Um, he just brought so much energy every game uh, from the bench. Um, it was just the best dude. Great energy, great attitude. Um, yeah, so we've got a conversation with him coming up here shortly. Uh, just so you know, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, for Twitter, it's Section 229 Talk. Uh, and then for Facebook, it's just our name, Section 229 uh, Creighton Basketball Talk. So, Find us, like us, follow us, come chat with us. We're really excited to be here and to be doing this. Um, and we're really excited to be lifting up all these former all these former Creighton players. But uh, So without any further ado, I had a great conversation with Jordan this week. So uh, let's get right to it. Please enjoy my interview with former Blue Jay, Jordan Scurry. Jordan, well, thank you, man. It's man, we had a little, little bit of a, a conversation uh, off the air there, but uh, it's great to have you on the podcast, man. Uh, I, th I feel My like pleasure. we're, I feel like we're already going to have a great conversation because we were already, we were yeah, already able absolutely. to talk about uh, a little bit off the air. But uh, no, how great you doing, to man? be here. Where are you? Uh, here. Where are you currently at? Uh, I'm currently in Boston, Mass. I'm uh, with my mom now. I'm um, okay. just staying at my mom's house. You know, I came back here right when the pandemic hit, just with the craziness of everything going on. Thought it'd be best to be home and uh obviously it got even crazier for me with uh i actually my grandmother had the virus and passed away from uh COVID 19 
And then my mom ended up getting breast cancer. So I was here with family, you know, waiting out the storm as best we could. And well, I should say weathering the storm best we could. And, uh, you know, my mom is now uh, fully recovered and uh, it's great to hear. We're adjusting, we're adjusting, but yeah. uh, it, it, it's been good to be home. It's been good to be with family, uh, just my, even if it's just my immediate family during this time. So, yeah, for you sure. know, making it work, everybody's going through something right now. So. Yeah, dang. Well, it, it definitely Kinda sounds like you've been, been been through a lot this year. I, I, yeah. I, ex, extend our condolences from the entire family. I appreciate family, it. No, that's, I, every, that's, everybody's that's a lot to go great. through, man. Everybody's been great about it, man. I can't thank Omaha and all the people I've been able to uh, interact with there enough because I've just had so many good prayers, good vibes, good wishes uh, this whole time. And uh, I'm just very thankful for it. It shows the character and the essence of what that experience was for me. So yeah, man, awesome. this Creighton community, I'll tell you what, they are they're yeah. a special bunch of people, man. Like yeah. we may be on this, the opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum politically, occasionally, you know, yeah. but I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's no other family like the Jays family. They no, all rally behind isn't. and it's, it's good to know that you have that behind your back at all times. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's what just, I, I, it makes it <laughs> a lot tougher yeah. seeing these games with no fans. Cause now yeah. me having been there for four years, I know how much that means. And I know how much that like motive motivated me through, man, like knowing it's, it's so cool, man. Just like when I look back at my experience and even through this tough time we've been having, like I've been able to reflect a lot. And I think a lot about this, those four years and like, man, like being able to get in that arena at least like once, twice a week, like and be with that 17,000 and, and feel that, like, I just have been thinking about it a lot now just because of the no fans, man, that Creighton fan base, it's, it's so fun. It's just, every like all the games doesn't matter what any of those non-conference like I remember all of them the same in the sense of uh the fan base and the just the whole environment it's it, it's yeah. awesome it's like Absolutely. none other yeah it's, like it, it's it's crazy because you, you talk about how the players get like this rush when they're out there too but it's crazy because I've been going to these games since I was a kid you know what I mean yeah. like I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm somebody that comes from like this the civic civic uh civic center oh yeah you know okay. what I mean? so yeah. like I started going to my first games when I was like a kid there graduated into you know like getting my own season tickets as an adult you know yeah. like a, a, adult being defined loosely because I got away when I was like <laughs> 18 years old so yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, it's a rush for us too. And it's, it sucks. I mean, there's, as you know, you've lived in Nebraska mm -hmm. for a while. I mean, there's not a whole lot to do outside mm -hmm. of Creighton basketball, but that's awesome. And UNO hockey sometimes, but that's, what's um, so awesome. Cause it's like, if you're going to get energized around one thing, why wouldn't it be Creighton basketball? Why yeah. wouldn't it be UNO hockey? Like right. those are, I don't know. I just think it's awesome that that, that was one of my biggest takeaways from the Midwest. Like People love basketball in the Midwest, man. Like right. yeah. Creighton basketball, you uh, know, like that's people's religion. Like <laughs> they yeah. love it like that. And I, I, I love that. I loved seeing that. I loved being a part of it. People awesome. from Omaha are really passionate about whatever comes from their city. You know True. what I mean? Like it's True. super crazy to kind of like analyze through like what the city has had and what, and who has rallied behind it. But it's, mm -hmm. it's just crazy because, you know, I, I mean, like, like I said before, like it's, it's a rush for us fans too, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I mean, this is the first season in 10 years that I haven't been to a Creighton game. It's, it's, mm -hmm. a, you know, the first, you know, as a, as a former player, it's probably your first time in 10 years yeah. not to 
you know, not being able to like suit up for a game, you know, yeah. like it's, 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 it leaves kind of like a void, you know, mm-hmm. and like, at least we get to watch it on TV, but mm-hmm. man, like what I wouldn't give to like sit in section 229 right now and oh. just, <laughs> and just man. have a beer with my friends and, you know, and my section, my section members are like my family too, you know, yeah. like we've all been yeah. there for like 10 no, years. I, that's what I mean. Like, you know? it, it, like going to, and I even, I kind of hinted at, or hinted, I hit on this in my senior speech, man, when I was like, do you know how fun it is to like have a family and especially like people like you, like season ticket holders, right? Do you know how fun that is for me, the four-year college athlete to be like, I know these people are going to be here. And like, you're looking in the stands and like, you're like, oh, I know these people are going to be here. So even if it's, whether it's, you're like, oh, I really want to like play well to, for these people, because I know these people are going to be here. I know they're always here, whether it's a play well thing or even just a, I can't wait to see them pregame, right? Like that's- yeah. That means a lot too. And I know there's guys on this roster that uh, miss certain fans. Like we, Creighton has some loyal fans, man. Yeah. Like the people, the, the part people don't know is whether it's section 229 or whoever sits right directly behind us, like that's pretty consistent. Oh, yeah. And so like to see familiar faces like that all the time, like I can't imagine with some of those guys, like the long time guys, like a Mitch, like I can't imagine right. what they're, they're thinking and, how much they miss certain fans yeah so. yeah well it'll be good you know we got uh like like we talked about off the air 2500 back uh, yeah yeah coming in and i, I mentioned it in the intro to this podcast 2500 fans back in um you know it's great you know when you when you're able to do things safely and you know that's like the main point right now for yeah. me is like if if they're gonna have fans back in you know it's gonna be safe because they're not gonna take any risk at all mm-hmm. one jeopardizing their players or mm-hmm. two jeopardizing any of their any, any of their season ticket holders mm-hmm. so um it sounds like it's going to be a really uh a really hard time to get tickets um yeah. if you're a season well, ticket holder you're the only, the only people that are able to get them but um, mm-hmm. but let know, me ask you this though like yeah. do you think because i've been hearing a lot and i've been looking on some tweets and stuff uh uh do you think it's worth it you think it's worth it to bring back fans right now because i'm I, I actually agree with you i think if other teams are doing it and they've been able to do it safely whether it's in kansas city uh, professionally or collegiately, like Kansas, obviously the Creighton Kansas game had fans too. So I'm like, okay, yeah, Kansas yeah. does it. Uh, I think we can do it. And yeah, like I also am, I believe in the, the people of Omaha, and I think that uh, they love Creighton basketball so much that they will abide by the rules and be good about it, whatever. But do you, is there any part of you that is like, ah, maybe not, maybe just not risk it? Like, let's just wait. Well, it's especially a, it's, now with the vaccine yeah, too, right? It's it's a double it's a double edged sword because it, I mean, it really, it's a it's a loss either way because you only have yeah, twenty five hundred yeah, people in the yeah, arena. But yeah. look, man, I mean, people are out there dying, so yeah. doing anything right and in, in my opinion right now like you know i, I try to mm-hmm. believe these the science and i try to be guided by like the experts you know yep, what i mean yep, yep. um if they were to say now you shouldn't be doing that i would probably err on the side of no mm-hmm. we probably shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. that but um at this point in the pandemic you know especially with the vaccine coming out i mean unless you're in a place that's like a super hot zone i think it's probably okay to allow like you know omaha was at that was at that that peak you know Mm -hmm. a couple weeks back Mm -hmm. and they're they're out of that peak now their hospitalizations are down it's still bad but um you know i don't know i mean it's it's a hard it's it's a hard hard question question. it's a real hard question there is a right answer to it and i'm i didn't mean to put you on the spot there no no Uh, no not at all i've just heard i've just gotten some pushback where people are like we made it this far safely and all that like why not just wait and 
So again, you could argue, I'm coming, for, I'm coming, you could argue for yeah, either side. You could argue you know? for either side. It's, and I think just where I'm coming from with some of the seniors on this team and yeah, it'll, like it'll be good to this, have people back yeah, there for sure. It'll be good for them. It'll yeah. be good. I just can't explain enough how much the fans meant to me, especially my senior year. And just having that, like, I just, and what think, a, what a year to have your senior year. I mean, <laughs> my God, <laughs> don't, I don't even want to, whether, yeah. Yeah, whether spent we got a lot to finish of time. the season or not, it was, it was truly, I mean, like, I, I mean, I remember at the end of last season, the, the, when, when the clock struck zero on that Seton Hall game, we were, you know, that was we one had, of the best days of my life. yeah, we were all up, we were standing on top of our seats in section 229, yeah. just like, that was literally it's one. finally here, you know, like, I can't, it, I, cannot, I wouldn't trade that moment for the world. I, I wouldn't either, man. And, I tried and I did well. <laughs> I did yeah. everything in my power in my senior speech not to get emotional because man, I love the Big East. Like I really, I love the Big East, Big East basketball. And like, look at just this Sunday, three game winners, like, or okay. Yeah. Overtime Creighton game, two game winners. And then St. John's Georgetown was St. John's Georgetown, but yeah, yeah come on. It's the best conference. It's, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm biased. It's the best conference in basketball. Not at, not at all. You're not biased at all. You're totally right. If you weren't tuned into FSO on this weekend, oh glued if you to are, your TV the entire time, I, there's something wrong I had with friends, you. <laughs> I had friends mad at me because I wasn't watching any NFL football. Um, but I was like, these games, it's the basketball biggies, season, man. Like, I've been, oh I've been, man. I've been waiting since March to and get so basketball back. I guess, I'm not I guess my game. point, I guess my point to that though was just that. I was such a Big East fan growing up. And this Sunday was such a nostalgic thing for me because. And we'll get in that. You, too. I got some questions for you. Oh, man. UConn being back in the, like, I literally, I have goosebumps right now. Like, UConn being back in the Big East. Like, UConn was the Big East to me. Like, growing up, sure. to me, the Big East was like UConn and Syracuse for a long time because they were so dominant. Well, I mean, I shouldn't even say dominant, but I was just so tuned into that, I guess. And. For the, like UConn to be back in it now, like I got the memories, the Kemba Walkers and the Shabazz Napiers, like that was Big East basketball to me. And now to have it, oh, it's awesome, man. Man, so, I yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. Like I, I started my basketball like journey probably in like 2004, 2005, mm -hmm. like in terms of like really following college basketball. So like watching like the you know the famous like overtime game with like yeah. UConn, like I mean that that's Big East basketball. That is Big East, you know, like, and that's so I, why, I'm with you. I'm with. That's you. why I'm like they belong too because yeah. like look at that Creighton game. How good was that game? It was a it was a grinded out game, man, and and we'll talk about so that good. here in a minute. I want to get your thoughts on some of that here too. Yep, yep. Um, so what, let's let's dig in, man. Let's uh let's dig in. So I mean, thanks again, man, for coming on. Before we get into this stuff, it's it's great. This is you're you're actually our first guest, like as you probably know. But uh, no, um, man, I love it. Like it's my pleasure to be here. This is awesome. I love talking ball. I love talking Creighton. Yeah. So. You know. So for those of you who don't know who Jordan is, Jordan is was a is a four was a four year uh, Creighton player. Um, the diehard fans absolutely know who you are. The people who mm -hmm. come to the games all the time know who you are. The casual watcher yeah. may not know who you are, um, yeah. but I feel like there's so much to there's so much to gain from your perspective because you were such a huge part of Creighton for those four years. I mean, you mm -hmm. ran and correct me if I'm wrong, but you ran a lot of the scout team, yeah. a lot of like huge yeah. preparation into these games, which is huge for, um, you know, practice during the week. Um, and you brought obvious energy uh, from the bench every single game. First up to cheer, last to sit down. One of the best players in recent memory from Creighton, truly, if we're talking about a team player. And we've had a lot of good team players here over the years. 
Um, so credit to you, but um, appreciate what's, that, the first thing I want to get into is you're about to launch into something really cool to uh, post your Creighton career. And I'm so glad that we're chatting about it now because it couldn't yeah. be more timely, but you're starting to do a podcast with Matt from white and blue review. Yep. You're launching this. Um, talk a little bit about what the podcast is, what you guys are going to be doing and uh, how that all came to be. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I appreciate everything you said there. Uh, and it's been a transition for me, you know, like uh, initially I really thought I was going to be, uh, looking at, uh, teams overseas to play out there. And then with just kind of everything that's going on, I decided to, that being home was the best idea for me now. Uh, I'm still training. I'm still working out all the time. So if the overseas thing, if the money's right and uh, it's looking right, yeah, like I'll revisit that. But, uh, I put a lot of time into my major and like, sports journalism and communications like all of it so I'm trying to capitalize on that now and I see a unique opportunity obviously like with us all being stuck at home and able to only communicate through zooms yeah. and stuff like this yeah. I I, I kind of wanted to just jump on it and sh- like kind of get on it while it's hot and especially while Creighton is what they are now and I have the connects within Creighton to be able to kind of get on podcasts like this and talk uh we're just kind of I'm just trying to get into this media space man really and just like uh put myself out there and just show what I want to be and what I want to talk about and what I'm passionate about and just be able to give people content for me but as far as the podcast is going with white and blue review yep it's me and Matt DeMarinas we're starting uh our podcast called scurry in the scrub uh we really wanted to get into it just because we were saying with like UConn being back in the big east and all the Big East teams kind of being here, like closer to out East over here where I'm at, I thought I would have a unique perspective, especially my first year out. And, you know, Matt is so locked in to everything the team does day to day. And he has some of the best insight. There yeah, he's, unbe- he's unbelievable. He has dude. some of the best insight there is. He just, like, he knows ball and he knows Creighton ball better than anything Anybody. else. Yeah. And so he just really gives such good perspective and he like, I, we've always had great conversations, whether it's uh, media stuff after uh, practices, like dating back to my sophomore year or when he was covering me getting my scholarship freshman year, like wh- whatever it was, we've always had some awesome, in-depth, impactful conversations and not even just about basketball. Like we had real conversations about race. We've had real conversations about uh, like where we come from, him in Nebraska, me, Boston, like we've had really in-depth conversations. I think we've just built our relationship up to the point now where I think a lot of other people will enjoy some of the things we have to say and uh, just both of our perspectives, whether you agree or not, we're not asking you to agree with us. We're just like saying, this is what we think and it's a good product. So as I get more into the media space too, it's just what I want to put out. And so that's awesome. I'm excited yeah. about it. Everybody. Yeah, that's it. great. Gary in the yeah. scrub, white and blue review. It's going to yeah, be fun. Definitely it's give started. it a listen. Uh, you guys have your first episode out now, correct? Yeah, we just dropped it on uh, Monday night. We record on Sundays. Uh, we kind of try to just recap Crane Ball. We talk, talk about some of this COVID stuff, which we can get into as well. Like, I, I, I don't know, because again, this is my first year out of it. And obviously, it being a weird year. My biggest thing, my one of my biggest COVID things from this weekend was I don't know what the policy is on refs, but it's interesting to me, and you might have noticed this, you see the coaches, obviously the coaches have to wear masks, but the refs don't. Yeah. And and the only reason that was concerning to me, right, was because I was like, wait, okay, so these coaches that are 
in the same hotels as these players, in the same meetings all day as these players, getting tested to the same frequency, have to wear masks. But the refs who are probably being flown in and what have you, like all that. And I know they're probably being tested too. I didn't know the answer to this. So I was just kind of throwing it out there. But I'm like, okay, they don't have to wear masks. So like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 it seems like they're kind of just making up rules as they go. Um, I don't believe that the refs are required. I think it's 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 not mandatory, but it's encouraged. You know what I mean? Okay. And like I have seen a few, um, I have seen a few games where they're the, the refs have been like fully masked up. Um, mm-hmm. I did too. Maybe it's just but one one since person the Big on East the conference crew, but, play. Maybe it was just the Big East conference yeah. play that I was watching. But it was just the Big East conference play. I think was, they probably have a choice. You know. Okay. Since they're running, that would make you know sense. what I mean? Like, sense. you know, yeah, yeah. that would make you know. sense. But um, yeah, I mean, God, you know, uh, it, it's going to be really great to listen to that podcast. It's it's always good when former players can get involved in the coverage because, you know, I was listening to Mo Watson and Matt last night after. So good. Um, yeah. Man. Unbelievable. Well, One of the best podcasts so, that I think White Blue Review has put out. Like, oh, it, absolutely. Was a, Mo, you know, Mo is known for being able to talk. So it's, but that's it's, no, the, it's no surprise, you know, but it's always just like, been, oh my man. God. He's always been, I, I looked up to Maurice a lot, man, especially my freshman year in the sense that like, I would hear him in, in like he was obviously captain and all that. Like when I came in as a freshman and like, you know, I'm just getting into Creighton. So I'm following all the Creighton media stuff and the way he would just conduct himself in these interviews and the way he would speak so eloquently, I was like, I want to like be like that. By, the, by my senior year, I need to be able to speak like he does and yeah. be able yeah. to like get my like talk like he's so good at it and he has the mind of a true point guard yeah i've never seen anybody understand right. the game of basketball like him too so like it's so awesome to hear his perspective on all yeah, this stuff now. i mean it, it adds so much value to a post-game conversation mm-hmm. when you have someone mm-hmm. there that has one been in charge of the offense before mm-hmm. and two has been a, a captain of a team you know what i mean like especially you know the, since he's played with a few of these mm-hmm. you know a few of these kids um definitely miss mo uh, having also, him around you know he was I'm, such I'm, a character i'm gonna toot my man's horn a little bit in the sense or <laughs> i'm gonna just toot his horn because yeah. They were when before he went down, man. That was the best point guard in the country. Oh my god, dude! That it was crazy, man. Watching there, there was, was one be, night. I try to remind people. I'm like, he was. We 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 do remember he was better than Lonzo Ball. Like that yeah. was the same year Lonzo Ball was at UCLA. And Maurice Watson was a better point guard, like or a better player, like whatever you want to call it. Like he was that dude. And I've got some questions about Mo for you specifically when we get a little bit deeper into this conversation. I re- I'm really I, that Ooh, I whole se- that whole season, you know, it's it's and and we'll talk about this a little bit. It was but a great it's, season, it's, man. Well, I, was, I actually was just talking about that season with some of the coaches here because uh, I got the memory up on my phone on uh, the twenty yesterday, literally the twenty first, because you know that's usually when we would go down to Arizona State and play that game right before. Boy. And we had the ESPN game my freshman year. And there's a great picture of because Marcus Foster, again, I'm, I'm, I'm plugging all my guys, but yeah, Marcus Foster had 30, 30, yeah. 30 points at Arizona State right before Christmas at I their remember. place, curtain of distraction. Didn't matter. Yeah. 30. And there's a great picture of me after he hit a three in the corner where I'm like this <laughs> screaming. And uh, was that the year we had JP too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. JP. Okay, cool. And cool. J, the, the funny thing is, revisit history here. JP was struggling from the free throw line. I think he was shooting like sixty percent until Arizona State game, 
and you know Arizona State has a curtain of distraction, and he went one hundred percent from the line. Yeah, he just went stone cold on him. Man, yeah, he didn't care. That student section, but that's JP though, because yeah. like JP was always a goofball, and yeah. so like you try to do something goofy to him, that's normal. To that, like yeah. he likes that. That's what makes it him. Go- comfortable. It ain't gonna work. It's no, not it's not work. gonna work. Oh man. Well, what, uh, let's get back uh, into some of these questions here. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, one question in no, you're good. This is a good conversation. One one question in particular I had for you here, uh, since we can count on you for your analysis of white and blue review going forward. Um, what are you seeing out of Damian Jefferson this year that we didn't see out of him last year? Obviously, he's had a really strong start to the season. Only, only it was it was two assists away from having a triple double at St. John's, which hasn't been done I'm in Creighton still, in a long time. I'm still upset about that. He's shooting the ball really well, a lot better than he was at this point last year. Um, let's talk about it for a moment. What do you see out of him that we didn't see last year? And where, where do you think his, his confidence shooting the ball is coming from? Because he just seems like a different shooter this year. I think comfortability, if that's a word, and trust. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he is very comfortable in the Creighton offense now. I think he has a very – he's a very mature player, and he's a very self-aware player. And I think we're seeing that this year because he knows – just how much his impact, like he knows now exactly where he can impact this team and how he can impact winning. Last season, we saw whether it was him diving on the floor at Seton Hall and being making that play or even hitting like similar, like some of the clutch shots he hit last year weren't like the game tying when he hit at UConn, but he had very important baskets last year. Like he hit all throughout the year. And I think he just took a nut, a, 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 a step forward because he was like, okay, this is where I had success last year. And this is where I was able to impact winning. And now I can, now I know that and I can impact winning even more. And now what we're seeing is he knows how he can impact winning so well that he's kind of become that dude for yeah, Creighton. Right. Yeah. And like and he's, Matt, you, can I kinda, see it in, you can see it in the way that he's shooting right now. Yeah. Like that, that's he's shooting really, with the, I, I love the way he's shooting the ball because he's not hesitating at that, all. This time last year, he would have been missing some of these shots that he was taking. Like the he first, specifically yeah. the first two shots that he had against UConn this last weekend. Oh, the he two came out. Yeah, he came yeah. out just he he looked he looked like I'm gonna make these shots. You know what yeah. I mean? And like yeah. the Damian Jefferson last year might have you know, might not have made those, you know, but I think, I think you're right, man. Like he is playing with the utmost confidence right now and mm-hmm. it's shining through in almost every mm-hmm. aspect of his game. And, and, and what's awesome too, is like I said before, it was the, just the trust factor too. Like I think, and I actually heard Mac say it after uh, one of the games, I forget which one it is now, but he said, you know, we got got like Damien's in what people don't understand with, now like i'm so happy again this red shirt thing just got passed but like so dame was dame and i lived together sophomore year like it was sure. me and one of the managers and then dame and davion like that was our, our thing and that was right when dame got there and so like he's been in the program for three years people have only seen him what for the past two but yeah. he's been in the program for three and like he has grown so much as a person as a like individual as a player man all of it right he's gotten like he has now like because max said in the thing he's like we've got guys who've just been in this program for so long like it's awesome their leadership goes without like like saying or even needing acknowledgement because he just knows how to conduct himself in the creighton program and that's just 
like gained so much trust from Mac and all that. Like now they have like, they just have so much of a better relationship now. And you can see it on the court. Like when he tells him something, whatever it is, you can tell that Dame's now like, okay, I get what that is. And I can get some of these other guys to get on page, whether it's like, we need to be more connected defensively, or it's like, we need to move the ball better offensively. You can tell Dame's kind of the guy now that's able to get other guys on that page. And and, and Max sees that too. So it's, it's, it's just awesome, man, to see as a four year guy, to see guys who have put their time in and gain their leadership roles, like in, affect winning and be a leader it's 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 very awesome to see yeah and and something that's kind of stuck out to me that you said there <clears throat> is talking about f- finding your success in this offense and i'll pivot to yeah. another question yeah. here um a question i think that's burning on everybody's mind um you know as alex o'connell comes off of that eligibility issue he's yeah. able to play now wait till he finds his rhythm that's Jeez. and that's and that's what i'm that's Good that's kind of God. what i've been thinking is as him coming off of that eligibility right now and getting a yeah, getting half a season under he his belt hooper, because man. he's going to be able to as we all know is going is going to be eligible to play next year um what do you think this half a season of play for alex will mean going into his senior year next year i really only think he's going to get better and better every game like every game and every, I honestly think he gets better every possession because the one thing about the Creighton offense is it's a flow, right? Like we all can see it because the way we, that Creighton wants to shoot, the way that Creighton wants to drive and the pace at which Creighton wants to play, it's like, it's a rhythm. It's like, you have to get into it and it's not something so, you can just jump into, No, it's you know, not. and at, it's we not. talked about There's that on no our player, first podcast. You know, we, we talked about that just a little bit. It's, you know, it's like, it's not something that you can just like, it's like, if it's like how Marcus Foster started and how like Maurice mm-hmm. Watson started, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't like, they came out of the gate playing well, but like, mm-hmm. it, it takes a little bit of time to get your flow and like the sense of where your spots are, where you're supposed to be and where everyone's going to be successful. Like you said. And it's also interesting because with the Creighton offense, it's like, you can be as talented as you any guy in the world or great shooter, whatever it may be, but you have to just literally buy in for it to work. Like you have to adopt the mindset of, I don't care who's shooting this ball. It's just going to be the best shot we get. And then that works out for you. Like on the back end, once you accept that, then you become the, then that unlocks the player you are. And I know because I've seen it, like you just said, with the Marcus Foster's, Maurice Watson's, uh, Tyshawn Alexander's like I and even in what makes Mitch so successful is he was very early to buy into it right like some guys fight it for a little bit and they're like I'm this player I'm once you right. buy into this whole Creighton idea of like this like we're going to get the best shot for the team but then you realize you're one of the best players on the team so like <laughs> that shot is going to be for you most of the time like those are the guys that are very successful in that system. Right. Right. And, it, and it's awesome to see. I can't wait till Alex gets into that. Like he's so talented, man. He's going to be so good. And especially when he learns, like from some of the stuff I would just seeing from him in the, the last game was like pace. Like once he gets a good <clears throat> feel for like how fast he should attack, where he should be when certain players are driving how he should cut out of making a pass like cuts like that he's gonna be so good 
Yeah. And I sometimes wonder, you made a good point there too. Like, <clears throat> you know, if you come in and buy in as a team player in this, in this, in this offense here, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good time. Yeah. I wonder sometimes, and maybe this isn't a thought that, you know, is, isn't a silo, but I wonder how some of these high major talents, you know, some of like the one or two top 10 talents in the States would come in and play at Creighton, you know, knowing that a lot of those kids like to, mm-hmm. to kind of play their own offense mm-hmm. and like, you know, create their own mm-hmm. shot. Do you, do you think um, there's a certain, I mean, you obviously have to have a certain mentality, you know, coming into Creighton, you know, to, to breed that success. But do you think there's, you know, a certain type of player that, that wouldn't do well at Creighton, you know, like a high major player that really just wants to be on their own? Uh, that question kind of, well, makes, I, I, I hope mean, that makes no, sense. No, that's a very, no, it's actually a really good question. I think what I will say to that is I don't, I think any player, the only thing that could uh, limit, so let's say top 10 guys. I think the only thing that could even limit a top 10 guy at Creighton is attitude. Like it's, it's just the simple fact that it's like, if you're not willing to buy into that, like it, it just won't, like if you're more into yourself than you're into the team, it won't work out for you at Creighton. Yeah, it just absolutely. won't. And, and I, um, I'm not, like I've seen guys like that. Sure. Like I, I've seen guys in the system that like sometimes it, they're more into themselves. And I'm not saying there's a problem with being more into yourself than the pro. Like some guys are actually that talent and you have the right to be more into yourself sure. than whatever. But don't go to Creighton if that's yeah. even a right, right. back of your head. Because yeah. Creighton works, this offense works, it's fun to play in, it's fun to compete there. When guys put the ego and put all that to the side and they're just about, like, it, I, I think I've seen more guys become better players because of it too. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Like, you become a better player when you're like, you put yourself to the side and you're like, I'm about the team. Like, look at Mitch. Mitch is a perfect example of that. Right. Like in it's made his whole game better. It's made his impact stronger. I think guys like playing with him more because of that. The one but, thing I like no, about, I don't think yeah. there's a, I, I, I don't think the number one player in any ESPN top 100 would be like, oh, uh, like, nah, to Crayon. Because I even thought on Sunday, how fun is it to watch them play? Like, they love to shoot threes. Is that not yeah. very fun to watch? And then they want to get dunks, too, and transition. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's the reason I fell in love with Crane basketball. Exactly. So, I mean, I can't <laughs> imagine what a player. Yeah. yeah, you know. No, it's awesome. Well, one more, one more question before we get off this topic of um, – the, the current season yeah, before we kind of dig no you're good before we get, get into our responses to no you're good this is this is all great stuff man um so one faint question we could dig into right now consider uh concerning this team that we're currently talking about um this team you know essentially what this question says is this team seems to be struggling from the charity strike particularly in their two losses on the season do you see the same issue right now or is there is this just the regular ebb and flow of the season I mean, I thought I think, they. Sh- I, I personally thought they shot the the ball a little bit better, especially in overtime on mm-hmm. on Sunday. You know, six for eight in overtime. But I mean, what I mean, what do you think? Uh, I think the free throw thing will even itself out. I think there's just the law of averages. They're gonna have a bad. They, they had a bad stretch. I think there'll be a stretch where it's now, and especially because guys are upset about it. And from the guys I've talked to on the team, they're like, "It's not us, man. Like, we." shoot hundreds and hundreds of free throws every day. Like that's, that's, uh, yeah. great, that's the great way. And so um, I can't imagine, I I'm can't not imagine say, any team not 
yeah you know practice yeah, like yeah, when people when people say that sarcastic comment of like oh they're not shooting free throws i'm like yeah, yeah. of course they're there's shooting no, free yeah, throws man no what are you talking about not like shooting hundreds of free throws a day it's yeah. free points but like i just it's law of averages man i think yeah. it was maybe a bad couple games and maybe just even just a bad one game from the line like sure. uh in it'll make up for itself it's a yeah. long season man. like yeah. people love to overreact huh at the beginning oh, dude, of season well i dude if you haven't followed if, me on twitter i am i as up until <laughs> this last season dude I, i'm i'm full, i'm full like i'm i'm all in on it man like i was a classic overreactor i was like your typical like like mad fan there for a while but like i've really evened mm-hmm. myself out like I used to be like not like a huge fan of Greg McDermott, but now I'm like, oh my god, he's the best coach of all time. Oh, we no, could never man. let him go. You know, like yeah. the it, I was, he's I was definitely like, I, I swung the pendulum there for a he's while. So, oh, absolutely, no a, question. One thing I will say too about Coach Mack, he's like, he's such a professional. Like he really runs. I mean, people know this. I'm not telling anybody something new, but he's such a professional in the way he runs. Creighton basketball, and I only am saying this because I have friends who play college basketball at other schools, like D1, high level, sure. no matter what. Like, it's awesome to be a part, and it was very awesome to be a part of a college basketball team that was run like a Fortune 500 company. Sure. <laughs> Go like, with a, a John Rothstein quote right out the gate there, man. I love no, it. Come on. Dude, don't yeah. plug him. Don't plug him on your <laughs> pod. Don't plug John Rothstein on your oh. pod. I, I agree though, man. Like I, I think I think Greg has done a really good job. You know, it's not to say that the culture was broken before Greg got here because I don't think it really was, but um it's definitely tighter than it was oh man in previous areas. If you want to talk culture, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. I mean Coach Max culture, like yeah. he runs his he runs Creighton basketball like one of the he he runs Crane basketball like you would run sure. Nike. Like if you yeah. if, if somebody was like, yo, you're the owner of Nike, how how are you gonna run it? Like that's how he runs Crane basketball. It's awesome. It's I, awesome to be able it's it, I'm not saying it's not hard. You no, know, I'm not yeah, saying it doesn't totally. suck at points, like and you're yeah. like whatever, but it's so awesome to be a part of. And you're think thankful every day you're a part of it. One of the greatest things that I've seen this season, um, definitely came this Sunday at UConn when Damien hit that shot. To send them and he got overtime. hyped and Mac Dude, got hyped. There, there is nothing like honest, honest to God, there is nothing that gets Man. me more hyped as a fan Man. than the coach getting in players' faces, just firing them. Like Man. you don't see that. I mean, like, I mean, I obviously obviously the camera's not always on Mac, but I, I don't see that often from him. So when he does it, I'm like, Man. It's game time, let's go. <laughs> you Man. Know? It was I loved it. I loved it. And especially now that there's no fans, like. Yeah, somebody's got to bring that energy. And I said that this it, weekend. I was like, somebody has to bring that energy. Smart, and if nobody, man. you know, if they need, <laughs> if they need a boost, like, like what a, yeah. like pull it out of like the back of yeah. your pocket, Mac. Like what yeah. a great, like what a great thing Why to get not? like the team like, like fired up, man. He knows though, but he knows and he's so strict. He knows the right moments and the guys he needs to. He push. He pushes the right button. Like you know those coaches you like that are able to get it out of their guys like he's one of those like he's yeah. able to maximize the guys he gets and that's why again just going back he's gonna maximize alex and all these guys even twan like twan hasn't even had the impact he's really gonna he, have he yet, hasn't so. even scratched the surface not even you know twan. what i mean like he there's so much potential i just see a little bit of hesitation with him you know what yeah. i mean like he you know like and like we talked but about a I, couple times you, it takes a couple games to get into you know like maybe half a season you know like i expect him to 
hopefully to make a, a big impact down the stretch here in Big East play for sure. And especially because Tuan's such a good passer, man. He could pass basketball. I mean, I think the one thing that people forget about him is that he was really highly rated coming out of like oh, high school. Yeah. I mean, he was oh, one yeah. of the best in his class. So yeah. I think we have to like, no, we have to think he... about that too. You know, it's like, holy shit, we have this kid who's coming off the bench now that was a, mm-hmm. such a high rated recruit coming out. Just mm-hmm. give him like, like Alex, just give him a couple games. Mm-hmm. He's going to find it, you know, and he had some flashes early there in the season, like against, you know, some of the lesser talent, North Dakota state, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Omaha, mm-hmm. Kennesaw state, he, he, he showed some really good flashes of what yep. he can do. It's yep. just getting that to the point in Big East play where he can do of that. Of consistency, too. Exactly. I think that's the right. point you're bringing up. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's what, just to touch on what we were saying about Alex, both Alex and Tuan are going to find, like, the way I'm saying, even the way I said DJ found how he can have impact, yeah, wait until Alex and Tuan figure that out. Yeah. Where you oh, have geez. Damian Jefferson, Antoine Jones, Ooh. And Alex O'Connell all like, I know how I can impact winning. That's so scary. Yeah, and and the, the other thing about that is too, and listening to Matt DeMarinis and Maurice Watson talk last night is mm-hmm. while those opportunities are going to be there for those guys, mm-hmm. you know, we do have a pretty deep rotation right now. Like people were talking about it being like 10 players deep and we really have been running about 10 players, mm-hmm. which is fine, you know, but what do you, how do you see that kind of thinning out over the next couple weeks here as we kind of drag into some of the more intense I mean you know we still have to play Villanova twice we still have to play see we have to play majority yeah. of these teams twice yeah. still this you know, is, we've, only, we've a, only played three games have, so you can't see it but I have a whiteboard calendar right behind you yeah I got that Nova game circled like yeah yep I'm so excited I got the Nova game and Xavier game circled like Z- oh, Xavier okay any any reason why that xavier game is scheduled or xavier sorry is very actually i only circled xavier on sunday because they're they've been very impressive to me and matt and i kind of dived into it on our pod talking about uh the most impressive team and the least impressive teams of the big east xavier's impressive man they got a solid roster i would take a stab and say butler after their loss to the salukis this weekend probably is at the bottom there (laughs) see i didn't even i didn't I didn't when we recorded that I was not even yeah yeah that. they they only so I just said I yeah, said it was not good I said DePaul man was the most depressing just because they haven't even been able to get on the court oh that too and and UConn up, up until this last weekend I mean no UConn's you know, they, impressive you guys yeah, also super. they haven't and they haven't been in the Big East yet and they just took a took a fat L book night was cooking man dude he my god dude I there was some point in the first half when he had like 15 points and I logged on to Twitter and I I, I typed it up I was like man this guy's gonna go for he's gonna go for 50 tonight and then like sure enough like everybody's like book night's going for 40 he's gonna do it and I I mean credit to him man he's a hell of a player he's gonna he's gonna eat but this is why again I'm getting hype here but I love that UConn's back in it because like, yeah. those are the guards. Booknight is the kind of guard that needs to be in the Big East. He makes the Big East better. Oh, absolutely. Even their bigs too. Like I'm, I'm forgetting their names right now. And I, I apologize, but like their bigs, they play hard. Yeah. They run the floor. They play hard. They compete. They're not shy of contact. Like this is a, this is a Big East team. That's a very good. I'm so happy they're back in the Big East. Yeah. Like, I, and now that was just their first game and it was at home. Wait till they get a vibe of like, and again, it's tough year, but like, wait till we get back fans. Wait till UConn feels what it's like to go to Hinkle in a pack 10,000 and right. like 
like it's it's just humid in there and it's sweat right. it's a sweat box and it's a there's dead spots on the like that's then they really are like oh we're in the big east now like yeah they have a gonna, whole nother edge to them oh yeah yeah oh, it's, it's gonna be, it's so gonna be yeah it's gonna be a um it's going to be interesting for UConn fans to kind of navigate through the new mm-hmm. Big East. I feel like if I was a UConn fan right now, I would be like, man, there's like, I think there's, I guess, technically like four new teams since they've been added, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they have four new places they have to go play. Like they just mm-hmm. did that through like the American conference, like going through like all of these new schools. Yeah. I mean, I this mean year, like this year will be weird for them because they're like, it's not the full right. slate of games and fans and all that, yeah. but wait once they those fans get that and they understand what that means and their home court starts to become like something more to them even they're like wait Creighton had 17,000 like what can we do to make sure UConn the XL Center is like packed and popping like you know in in terms of a potential rivalry if Creighton and Connecticut start to have some some good games what a a great first game what a great first game that would be in the series I actually I'm so glad you brought that up I'm I'm gonna start that I'm tweeting this out after I'm starting a Creighton UConn rivalry I love it it would be I mean after that first game I I mean that was a dogfight man like one of the one of the toughest games I think Creighton has has fought these last maybe four or five years like I don't remember a game where they they were just you know throwing punches back and forth i mean we've had a lot of games like that but that one just felt like it felt yeah. like it was it was so much more special because it was their first game back in the big east you know etc yeah. etc cetera, et cetera. but yeah. um so hey let's step into some uh, questions about your time as creighton um cool. we've i think we've been talking for almost an hour now so geez time flies when you're having fun here well, I um, do, I, yeah i could do this right <laughs> dude i I'm, I'm with you man i can talk forever and ever and ever that's why Especially i like, have like ball. two or three podcasts now you know I mean, as you should be, as you yeah, should you know here we go yeah. um but uh so just to kind of talk a little bit about your time at Creighton, what was the appeal in playing for Creighton as a walk-on? You came out of St. Mark's in Massachusetts, which if I did my research correctly, is 30 miles outside of Boston to the correct. West, correct? Correct. Okay. And it was a boarding school and I lived there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually went to St. Mark's. I was going to, so I originally, so I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in Attleboro, Mass. And uh, I always wanted to go to prep school just because that's what the best basketball around here always was like the town I was in and that I grew up in was not strong in basketball. It wasn't strong in sports uh, just in general. And so I really wanted to go somewhere that was like that. And my parents were awesome in instilling how important education was for me early on. And so I was a very good student. And because of that, I had options. And when I got to high school, I was able to go to prep school in the first one I went to because I, I kind of like, my parents were great, man. They like kind of eased me into the whole prep school thing. And so they were like, all right, you want to go to a board, like boarding school first or no. And I was like, at the time, like you're a freshman, I couldn't drive anything. So I'm like, no, I just want to go to a day school. So I went to Beaver country day, a couple of years. And then I went to St. Mark's, which was a boarding school because after two years of community and everything, I was like, some of the best players are, the best players because they live at school and they're in the gym all day. Like they're not sure. driving around. And so I was like, okay, I really want to go to a boarding school. And St. Mark's had the coach I loved the most at the time. And he was coaching my AAU team, Greg Snyder, who went on to be uh, the director of basketball operations at university of Vermont. Great guy, amazing coach, uh, opened doors for me that I can't even explain. So very thankful for him. And so, no, yeah, went to St. Mark's and, I just put a lot of time in, man, like, cause you living on campus and being able to 
work out whenever you want and not having to drive home from school every day, like you get more time in the gym. And so I was always working on my craft. Um, coming out senior year, I only had one offer. And I was like, like I, I had my junior year, I had like 13 offers, but then went through a summer. A lot of them were like taken, a lot of those coaches took bigs and took guys from overseas. And I wasn't a priority really like that. And I guess I get it size and like all that at the time wasn't like high level D one guy, but I had the work ethic. And so I worked, I worked. And even when I didn't get the offers I wanted, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I got the grades. I can get into a good school. I just want to be somewhere that I like being. And so I narrowed my schools down. It was between, cause I, I was like, I really want to go to a school that my education after is going to carry weight. But then I, I, I want to go to the highest level basketball school I can go. So I narrowed it down to Rice, Creighton, Davidson. Okay, cool. And Rice was awesome. <clears throat> Great school, all that. I didn't think they were that serious. Like, I didn't think they were that, like, serious in basketball. Sure. And I didn't think they were, like, they just weren't on the level of the Creighton, Davidson. Went to Davidson, loved the basketball, thought the basketball was the level I wanted it to be. But, the, like, the school was great, but it was just a little too small for me. And then also in the South, I was like, I don't know if I could adapt to living here yeah, well I enough. I don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that's for me. And then I went out to Creighton and I was like, this is it. Because it was such high, like, and not to say, like, say at the time Creighton was thinking of themselves or whatever, but I was there and I was like, this is like top five level, whether it was the training facility, the arena, um, the way people talked about the program there, um, the gear that they got, like, it was all like high level. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, like I'm good enough for this. Like I, I, I can, I can work really hard here and do well for myself. Like I, I, I can, I can make something happen. And it's actually funny, funny enough. I was there when I went on, like, I came for a week during the Creighton camp just to play with some of the guys and like get a feel for what it was like. And I'll never forget when I was talking, to, I talked to Doug McDermott and he said to me, he was like, what school? Like he was asking me what schools I was looking at, even as a walk-on and all that. And like, he was explaining to me how he was a walk-on, like that whole thing. And he said to me, <laughs> and he, 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 Doug's great. Cause he kind of gets a vibe on what kind of guy like you are. Like he gets how you're interacting with people. And he was like, Hey man, if you want to play for like a basketball team, that's like a fraternity, like, in terms of just like the culture, like we're brothers, like for real. And like, it's the highest level. He goes, you should come here. And then I, I always remember that conversation because since that moment I was hooked. I was like, yeah, I'm coming here. I love it. That's, I was like, I'm coming here because it was like, that's such an awesome moment to just have yeah. in the back of your memory. Like, yeah, no, it is. Dermot told me that once. <laughs> no, no. He, and he was literally saying it very nonchalant. Like he was yeah. just like, yeah, we're like so close. We're like a fraternity. It's like, like it's it is, like it is what it is i'm not lying to you no and, it, and it's yeah. so true like because that is how it feels and not in the i don't want to bring up fraternity in the sense that it's like we are going crazy like sure right now yeah. totally, totally. i just mean in the sense of culture because you yeah. talked about it before like the culture mac brought and mac brings to creighton basketball it makes you feel like you're a part of something so much bigger than yourself and yeah. it's when you just like are able to like i was for the past four years like invest yourself in that like put your head down and be a part of that and then like like right now we're on a podcast like good things will happen for you after that like yeah. and it's so it was just such a great 
great thing to be a part of and it's yeah. such a great thing that can like still be a part of now it's it's it was it for me it was yeah. just it right <laughs> yeah man it's it's man that that story about doug is that's that's really cool story man like yeah. I, I remember i remember if that had to have been like his what like, no he wasn't even last, oh he wasn't even, he was just there for summer camp mm-hmm. okay i was like oh, he was there man. summer working out sorry no that's and great he, that's, he was that's, there summer working out and it was like holy shit like yeah Doug McDermott, like it, it was, it was cause he was back for college world series. So I went oh, okay, and, gotcha, to college gotcha. world series. and so he was back, but he was working out obviously every day. Right. That. And so like being able to see him and like, be like, should I like kind of come here? Like, I, yeah, I right, right. and he's like, and he kept it a hundred. Like he wasn't yeah. like, he yeah. wasn't like, you know, dude, my dad's the best coach. And this, this, this. no, no, no. He was like, dude, if like, you for real about it, yeah. no, he was just for real. He was like, dude, if you want a team that's literally like, a fraternity that's got some of the best culture dudes just genuinely care about each other. Like, yeah, it was, it's awesome. Well, what do you remember about your first year on campus? I mean, your first season was 16, 17 Creighton went 25 and 10 made the big East tournament finals, sadly bounced in the first round by Rhode Island by none other than Dan Hurley, who we saw this last weekend. Um, What do you, what do you remember about that season and what was it, what was it like learning how to be a blue Jay? I had great bets. I had great bets. I will say I had guys that taught me what, how I was, that was most senior season, right? Most senior season. Okay. Well, that puts things in perspective really. So it was, he's a leader if I've ever seen one, but I'll just, and some of these guys weren't just seniors, but guys, I really learned how to be a college basketball player from Maurice watching junior Marcus Foster, Toby Hagner, Zach Hansen, Tyler Clement, Isaiah Zierden, like these dudes taught me what, how you need to conduct yourself to be successful at Creighton. I saw it. All those dudes were successful in one way or another. I like to think I was successful as well because I was able to learn from the groundwork they put out, but it's like they were able to show even all of them different lanes of how they had success at Creighton, but they were all able to share that with me in some way, shape or form. And I took that and tried to run with it because I was like, these are guys Mac trusts. These are guys, other coaches trust. These are guys who have had success here, here, and here. These guys who have graduated. These are all things I want to do. And so I'm going to like, kind of like, learn like just take that and do what I can with it because I mean when you're a freshman you don't know like you don't know what it takes you don't know what you have to do to play you don't know what you have to do to get your coaches respect teammates respect and so you look to the older guys and you look to the guys you like I came in and I like I really really respected like Toby Hegner because like the way that he played and the way I saw coaches talk to him I was like I want that like I, I need to get to that point And so I spent a lot of time with him trying to figure out how to get there. And so I had great vets that were able to teach me what it meant to be a part of Creighton, uh, what it meant to have success at Creighton, how to handle success at Creighton um, and just all of it from the like classroom to the court, man, they were just great guys to be able to learn from soak it all up and just try to have my own success from what I learned from them. 
So perhaps the biggest storyline of that year was Creighton was an emerging threat, you know, with Justin Patton, Mo Watson, emerging Marcus Foster. Threat. We were the biggest threat. Dude, I mean, you guys came into the season really underrated. You know what I mean? So like we it, you guys when you guys threat. when you guys came out and started just wiping the floor with a lot of these teams, yeah. people's heads started to turn. They were like, Holy shit, this Justin Patton kid is really he's developing in front of our yeah. eyes every game. Like we had to take this team like way more seriously than we thought. That team was just so damn good. But we it was had kind of- three. We had three guys that year. Sorry to interrupt. But like, no, you're good. You're good. That year we had three guys, man. That yeah. were that probably the with Maurice, Marcus, and Justin. Those three guys were so special. And like like Maurice, with everything that gone on, Maurice would have been second round, early second round draft pick that year. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I, 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 hate, absolutely I, hate, agree. I hate I hate to play this what if game, but we're gonna play it because that year is the biggest what if of my life. Well, and, and that's and that's that was the second part of my question here is that that team was never really able to find yeah. a true point guard after it was kind of just yeah. ripped away with you know Mo Watson's injury there at Xavier. Um, you know the the season took some really weird turns and in conference play not, after that. And it's um, not like we didn't have the talent like we no. had Davion and all that, but. That's just so telling of the player and leader that Maurice Watson Jr. was. That Huge hit. Huge hit. He was just, yo, I like, I remember the day he found out his ACL was torn like it was yesterday. And I replay it in my head a lot of time because I'm like, it was one of the worst days, man. Trauma, man. That, that's of my like life. The, the definition just because of trauma. I wish people knew how hard that man worked his senior like he was in the gym for real like he was really working he was really trying to make himself that player that was better than Alonzo Ball like that we saw and for him to have it ripped away like that is just very hard to still grasp but anyway yeah um, I mean that I mean that's that's essentially you know my question is what what do you remember yeah, about, a, about that game what do you remember about the vibe in the locker room after that I mean get into as much as it as you feel comfortable but I mean what was what 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 were you guys I mean obviously that's a huge blow to your team but do you mm-hmm. remember exactly what those well, the, felt yeah, like I'm getting, see I'm getting chills right now even as yeah. you see it but the the one thing I will say and now having years to think about it. Um, and being, it was me and Kobe Paras were the two dudes that when Maurice really tore his shit up, like his knee, me and Kobe were the two dudes that went and picked that man up, brought him back to the locker room and heard everything he said on the way to the locker room and everything he said on his way back to the bench. Like, I, I, I have the utmost respect for Maurice because, like, he... Actually, I don't like from what I remember, he was in the game. He was having knee pain even before the game. I remember him saying it like that dude just grinded, man. So he was always like going hard practice, everything. So he was always in pain. Like he was always because he was working so hard and trying to like get his body right. And I just remember he injures his knee the first one time at Xavier. And then he comes back to the bench and I'm talking to him and he's like, skirt, man, I'm this shit is killing me. And I'm like, bro, like talk to Ben, like whatever. He's like, nah, nah, nah I got to get back out there. Like I gotta, I'm gonna help us. I'm like, all right, man. Like 
and I, again, I'm freshman. I'm like, I don't know what to, this is my vet. I don't know what to say. Like what he right. said, go. So, that's an, that's an intense moment from someone that's like a, a leader yeah. on your team. And so, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and especially since he's that leader, I'm like, you know what? He's right. He's going to, he won't get back out there. He's going to ball out. All right. Mm. Um, so he goes back out there and I remember it, it, it like, uh, like the, even just saying it to you right now, just hurts. It's giving me a pit in my stomach. Like he goes and I remember it, like he hezzies. Like he usually does, he goes right and takes a layup and he lands and he screams. And, and it was it had to be 10, 12,000 people in there. And all I heard was him scream. Cause I was like, like right when he landed, I'm like, he should have went back in the game. He should not have went back in the game. And there was no way he wasn't gonna go back in the game. He's a fighter. He's a yeah, for and sure. again, this is that mindset of like, I care more about creating basketball than myself. Like, I just want to go and that was a I want to go. They were a close a, game. It was a really close. Hey, game. I think we won that game by one. Isaiah Zierden ended up playing point for yeah. the rest of that game and he held it down. Like it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Credit to him. Yeah, but absolutely. I just remember Maurice being a he's just a fighter, man. He's been a fighter his whole life. And I just remember him getting hurt. And he put that shit in the back of his mind. The fact that like, and people were talking about it, like maybe he tore his ACL, everything. He put it in the back of his head. Like me and Kobe carry him to the locker room. He's the evaluation done on his knee. We sit there for him, all that, right? And he put it to the back of his mind so quick because he just wanted to get out on the floor to be able to talk to guys and direct guys and be like, you know what? Like you need to be in this spot defensively. Like, I know I can't be out there to tell you that, but. I needed to be back out there while he's hobbling on one leg. Yeah. And I'm like, this dude cared so much about Creighton basketball and cared so much about that game, the team, everything that I guess it was what a couple of days later that I'm saying he was in the training room when he told me, he just decided like at that moment, he didn't care about himself and he didn't care about his knee. He was like Creighton basketball is what matters right now. Let me go be Maurice Watson for Creighton basketball instead of Maurice Watson like who should have been the second round or first round NBA draft pick. Like in, he put himself to the side, like in that moment, I can't say I could have done something like I, I mean, like I just power to him and it, it was awesome to like, and these are some of the things I like take with me now. Cause like to be that selfless and to in that moment and to be the leader he was like good for him. And, and that's what will stick with me. Not the injury or not like how, horrific it was it was that that one of my vets one of the guys I looked up to was able to put himself aside in that moment so realistically and just be about what I then was able to be about because I was like if a dude like him can do that I'm going to do this for four years like absolutely it it stuck with me for a long time yeah he's I mean one of he had I mean so much grit during that time just to to just continue to be himself on the mm-hmm. sidelines and everything you know that that's how you can identify a true team player is yeah. he didn't give up you know what i mean no, he was he was no. with you guys until the end shouting stuff off the bench the entire time and credit yeah, to him, man. no that, i mean he's gonna be he's gonna be a great coach one day and it's oh yeah we're you know, here, like, yeah and i i totally thought about that and if you haven't yet jay's fans go listen to matt d marina's yeah, Mo Watson breakdown the Utah game. It, and Such my friend good analysis. my friend alex sindelar gave a really uh he, i love he alex put, by the he way put it out the other day he's like this is the best like post game interview i think i've ever listened to and i, I agree man like y'all follow I think, alex on twitter too alex yeah alex <laughs> i've known oh, alex you i've known alex for a long time man you need some good jay's takes during games 
during something to anything. take the edge off. Something like, to take the yeah, edge off. Yeah. Like something to, I've known yeah, Alex for a long time. We we went to college together and we had a class together in 2012 and we met because we were Jays fans. He was like, Hey, you like oh. Creighton too? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Well, hey. <laughs> we no. friends, we've been friends ever since. It's just super crazy that we all no, that, that we linked awesome. up like Jay's years Jay's later fan, doing all yo, this Creighton stuff. Creighton fans are really really the best and i'm gonna plug it here just so, so i can tell a quick story because i've never been i haven't i've been cooped up in my house for eight months so i haven't yeah. been able to tell people cool jay stories um but one of the coolest uh jay stories i've had was my brother initially he trans he's transferred since but last year he was a freshman at university of san francisco oh, cool. and i helped him move in like i flew out for a weekend to help him move into college and we move in. It was all love, cool, whatever. And after we went out to eat, we went and got a burger at the spot and I'm wearing my Creighton, uh, like hoodie. And we're walking down the street in San Francisco and some dude yelled, like, looks at, like, looks at my sweatshirt and looks back at me and it's like, and I'm like, is this dude like, I'm like, I, I was like, why is he like looking at me so intense? Like, I was like, kind of like, it's about to like say something to me, like invite. Like I was, but he goes, and then he like looks at me and he's like, roll J's. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, oh, you know, like so funny. San Francisco. I'm from Boston. That's I went to school in Omaha and I was in California and somebody said like, God, I love Creighton Jones. Dude, it's crazy, dude. Cause the, the brand has always not, it hasn't always been this strong. You know what I mean? Like maybe even, we got, we got cool gear now though. The gear oh, hasn't been yeah, as cool. The, as the branding has, has taken <laughs> off since the Mo Valley days. They've graduated oh, yeah. from like the early oh, yeah. 2000s, like logo. Once they got into, into the big like, East, they were like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's really like, let's throw this. Oh man. Thing. It's been such a fun ride, dude. It's been such a fun ride. I can't imagine. I wish I was like you. So like, this is why I like to talk to guys like Toby Hagner so much because that Missouri Valley transition, I don't even know about that. Like, I, it was like, a weird. It was a weird time, man. I mean, like even that first year with like, and this is no knock to like that first Big East team that we mm -hmm. had. Just like they were a Mo Valley team, but they played yeah. with the big boys. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were. I mean, which honestly, sick. yeah, just sick. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, having someone like Ethan Roggy on the team who literally no, we look up to the guys. ball. I mean, like it's it's like crazy that they were able to do as much as they did and like uh, forever proud of those guys yeah. you know what i mean they fought so so hard and yeah. the way that they went out was just the biggest gut punch ever but like you know chase fans are kind of used to that especially like with <laughs> with the season getting getting cut short last year mm -hmm. like and then like you know with mo watson getting his industry like oh. you know, and it's it's rough man but like um i want to get back maybe just to um you know a little fast forward a little bit here in your career um you know since we're, we're a little pushed for time here so i want to make sure that i get some of these questions in but yeah no, I'll um and, and and this has to do with last season but y'all finished the last 10 games of last season eight and two with three top 10 wins obviously you guys were on fire mm -hmm. headed towards the big east tournament and and march madness i don't want to bring up bad feelings or bad memories but no like, bad feelings no bad feelings you know what was the vibe around the team um, when things shut down from COVID, I mean, from a fan perspective, it was really tough, you know, like we just talked <laughs> about, like, you know, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it was like as a, as a player, but like, you know, as a fan, like we've had, you know, like Doug well, and like Ethan Rogge get bounced like by Baylor. And then we had like the Mo Watson industry in, in injury, my God. And then like the Martin Crumple injury. And then this great preface. like, Holy shit, man. Like, is great it ever going to stop raining? You know? Great preface because I agree because I thought last year was the year it stopped raining. Yeah. And then coronavirus happened. Yeah. <laughs> because 
last year was the first year and I'll give everyone a quick insight to the team just in the sense like just in with it was the first year that Biggie's play in this could just be my opinion but it was the first year that Biggie's play started and we were healthy right yeah and it was the first year the Biggie's tournament came on and we were rolling like every other year it was like Killed it first half of the for my first three years. It was like we were top ten team in the country for the first half of the first three years. And then whether it was injury, fatigue, like whatever you want to throw it on, like that my senior year, I have never been in. And I I talked to everybody else on the team about this. I was never in, and credit to our train, our new trainer we got my senior year, Jeremy Anderson. Jeremy Anderson, one of the best trainers in the country, period. Just not even close in terms of knowing how to take care of your body and all that. I was in the best shape of my life this, like, January to August. Like, that, that period of Big East play, really. Like, that was the best shape I was in in my life. And I could say that for everybody else on the roster too. Yeah. And I think they're all in that shape. They're all in that shape now. I'm obviously not playing as much. So I'm not right. in that like crazy right. shape, but like they, you can tell now, like it, it's, it's way more fun when you're like, I'm, un, I'm just like unlocking parts of my game because I'm getting in such good shape and all that. Like when it's the end of the season that you're rolling than the beginning. Yeah. And like, we've kind of talked about, like we've had some bad luck in terms of like, you know, maybe some injuries and things like Mm -hmm. that, but it was kind of a reverse season for the Jays last year. You know, you guys, you guys had, you guys had a really, really hard loss at San Diego state. And then you had that, that couple points. I I rather that now though. Yeah. And, and, and you guys, what I've learned from college basketball is that you want those losses. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that San Diego state loss was, it was, but then also look as at how a fan, they, it was, look at how good they they would have yeah. they could have been in the final four last year too. Absolutely. It could have been us. We could have played them in the final four last year. Brian Dutcher had a hell of a team. There was no questioning. Oh my that. gosh, it was just was it was it was such a it was such a gut punch loss, dude. I mean, like a, a thirty point loss is never like good. You know, you never were like, yeah, I feel good about that loss. <laughs> but you know, oh. like that team that that loss made that team so much better. And obviously, like getting Denzel but by Mahoney, the end of that season. But by the end of that, oh yeah, great point with Denzel. Right. Right. But by the end of that, that's what I mean. By the end of that season, I feel like we could have beat them by 32. I so that's 100% why it was like, agree. they were such a good team, but so were we. Yeah. So add, like add Denzel into the mix there. I think their length gives you yeah. guys a little less, you know, a little, a little less trouble. And that game was a hell would be a hell of a lot closer. Crane's also guys, one yeah. of the best. Crane's also one of the best, like, give me some film on the game, learn from it teams in the country. And Mac is one of the best. Give me some film on this team and I'll be able to dissect them next time we play them coaches in the country. And so, yeah, I think so. We were, we were on a collision course to hit yeah. the final four again together. Yeah, but dude. That's, I mean, just in, that's just in theory. Yeah. No, I mean, I think every, I think every Jays fan was thinking that, but I mean, that kind of leads into this next question is, I mean, obviously this team has unfinished business to attend to, um, but what do you think about the, I mean, obviously Creighton is, it carries over everybody from their starting lineup besides Tyshawn this year, and they're adding a ton of length at the five position. What do you think, what do you think that 
depth with Ryan Kalkbrenner and Jacob Epperson. What do you think that gives the Jays going forward into March? Because I feel like that's something they've lacked going into uh, maybe some of these later season moments. But this year they have like literally three oh, people, yeah. three people deep. And Jacob oh, Epperson's not just like some kid that came off the block. No. I mean, he's played a couple seasons, so he's got a lot. I mean, he knows the offense, and I think once he gets back into and it again, a little bit more, he'll be his, his best is still yet to come for sure. Like for sure. we're going to be talking soon on whatever podcast I'm on. I'm going to be soon talking about Jacob Everson's best game in sure. a great uniform. Absolutely. Like that's going to be a conversation we have here. And I don't know what game it's going to be, but we're going to be like, yo, that was Jacob's best. Like he shot the ball so well, or he was dunking on everybody or he blocked six shots. Like we still haven't seen Jacob's best game yet. So like, yes, having that depth at the big is going to be huge for this team, especially down the stretch when Jacob and Ryan kind of find their uh, niche together, whether it's playing together or playing separate and like how they're affecting the game just uh, in both, like, uh, I guess, like, uh, yeah. yeah, units, we, units, right? We, like, yeah, yeah. And we all it, know that it, like it, Creighton awesome. likes to keep it small, you know, generally. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. I mean, their lineup that they run now for their starting Christian mm-hmm. six, seven at the, you know, at the center position. What do you, I mean, could you ever imagine, and I thought about this last night, and I know it's probably never going to happen, but could you imagine a lineup where Christian gets pushed over to, like, the four position and, like, Kalkbrenner, like, runs or, like, Jacob runs? Like, do you think – It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You think we'll see that this season? Yep, yep. Okay. I don't don't think we'll see it for a long time. I don't think you'll see it for – I don't think you'll see it often. I don't think you'll see – yeah, often. I don't think you'll see it regularly. But I think there's going to come a unique situation this year where you're like, where Max like, I'm doing it, <laughs> and you're gonna be like, and you, and every Creighton fan is gonna be like, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe not. But he's gonna like, it's Max, so genius. He's gonna be like, okay, I know what I'm doing here, and it's gonna just be. Christian's be really, de- Christian's really developed his game so outside yeah. of being like a big over this last off season too. I feel like he's, he's a lot more comfortable off the dribble this year. He's really, I mean, his, 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 his face up game, I feel like is a lot better. I mean, like everything that he has done over the off season, whatever he did worked, like he's, he's playing with a ton of confidence mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess seeing that seeing that lineup when it when it eventually comes out, you heard it here first because you know we're we're predicting it now. So hopefully we are it predicting happens. it now. We're calling. Um, we'll clip this up and post it once yeah. it happens. Don't worry. But uh, I mean, how far do you? I mean, obviously, there's been a ton of talk about this team being able to go to the Final Four. You know, I mean, obviously that that seems to be a reasonable um, expectation. Yeah. Obviously the goal now, I mean, what do you, what do you think? What are your final thoughts going into the second half? I mean, it's crazy to think that we're almost halfway through the season, but we almost are. No, Um, we are. It's just weird, weird year, man. But I mean, what do you think? um, How do you, how do you think the team is playing right now? Obviously the best is yet to come, but I mean, what do you, what do you expect these next couple of games? Obviously we have a little bit of a lull in the schedule. We play Georgetown, we play, um, I can't remember who else is on the schedule for the next couple of games. Who we got here? Uh, Providence, Seton Hall. Obviously, I've had you talk about a game that's been circled on your schedule for a while. Definitely the Seton Hall game for me. I, Hall, yeah, I'm really yeah. excited for that. But uh, yeah, just give me your thoughts on what you think the next couple of games are going to shake out to be like. Well, I think we're just going to see, like I was kind of talking about earlier, like guys getting more comfortable. So I think it's going to be uh, – guys kind of find it like we'll we'll see more of the identity like the true identity of this Creighton team 
in these next few games because like you said the schedule is like eases up a little bit but those are the games in which a team show their true identity right like we don't want to see this team play down to their competition at all and i don't think they did that at st john's in that uh, especially because they were coming off a loss but i don't think they did that at st john's and i don't think they're this is the type of team that would ever do that kind of thing so i think we're going to really see their identity where it's um you'll see alex getting into his groove i think tuan will start to show the player he will be consistently soon like in these next three games for sure um and i think just like dj is gonna just like really like show us if he was killing for a couple games or if he's really the the dude for this team now that we're seeing and uh i i see it going very well for this team just because now i think they have enough film they have enough uh just experience at this point like again it's like at this point in the season, usually you're playing much more games. And yeah. so I think this is now when Creighton yeah. hits their stride. Like it's yeah. in years past, we usually hit our stride and know our identity mm-hmm. by conference play, which is right. like the new year. I think this team has been forced to figure out their identity a little bit earlier. They've had to overcome all this COVID stuff, Alex coming back and the lineup being iffy Mac playing going from like the 10 guys to, you know, he doesn't want to play all that. So like going down to the set, I don't know what it's going to be, but yeah, whatever rotation they decide, yeah, I, what, I suppose. <laughs> I, but yeah, I think that's like, cause normally like if we're looking at a regular season, like non-conference Mac plays mm-hmm. more guys than he does in conference. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so, and so now I think these next three games specifically are you're we're going to see, uh, the lineups he trusts more in like that type of situation rather than uh, what he's thinking will work and all that. So right. I, th- I right. think he has enough, like one of the best coaches in the country, man, he's going to go back. He's going to look through film. He's going to figure it out and then put that together. But I expect them to be more consistent. I think. Absolutely. That's, can't, that's- I can't, I can't personally wait to get another shot at Marquette. That'll be a really good matchup. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked oh. to see how Mac kind of picks apart that tape and says how are we going to game plan against this it's going to be a really fun game to watch but we have xavier tomorrow night you said that was one that you had um, yes sir on your schedule what do you see from uh xavier give the fans a little bit of a preview of what we can expect uh tomorrow night uh xavier i just think they have a really good team like they have a they have really good pieces that's a very well put together team um i think they have all complementary pieces i think they're the most impressive team because one they have also I'll say one of the more impressive players in Zach Fremantle. I thought Fremantle, like when we scout, were scouting him his freshman year, I was like, I don't know if he's all that good. Like, I don't know if he's this kind of player we're giving him the credit to. Like I've seen some of his high school highlights. Like I've seen him, I, I saw some of his play even early on in the big East. And I was like, he's not like that kind of player or whatever but I'm going to give the man his credit. Like he is a like very, very good college basketball. He's like a Tyler Hansborough type player where he like is able to enhance the guys he's playing with. And he knows how those guys can help him and cover up some of his like weaknesses or. He can, uh, sco- he can score, all. obviously. He can score. He oh, yeah. can score with some of the best of me. He's got a great build to him, yeah. all that. And so he's really just been the X factor for that team. And I think they have a lot of great other complimentary pieces around him. Um, and they can shoot the ball. And so yeah. I guess, like, like again, if you're playing Creighton, you got to be able to shoot the ball and you got to be able to shoot the ball well. And I think they have that ability, which 
makes it a, why I circled it. I circled that on my calendar and yeah. they have the two, uh, Kunkel and, uh, is it Carson? Yeah. Yeah. Kunkel and Carson. I'm like, they can shoot the ball very well too. So I'm like, it's going to be a very entertaining game at the least. Yeah. One of the, I think one of the, one of the teams that'll probably give Creighton a, a little bit more trouble than some of the other teams mm-hmm. near the bottom of the league. So mm-hmm. going to be a great game. 2 PM start time tomorrow. Very weird for a Wednesday. Going to be a whole yeah, different, uh, whole different cool vibe I'm for cool the Jays. But, cool uh, yeah. That's two days. That's the, that's the best Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. It'll Christmas be Eve, I mean, Eve. Is that what they call it? Or it's called it, Christmas it Eve kind of Christmas. feels like, it kind of feels like we're in like a Thanksgiving tournament right now, like in the middle of it's December. True. You know what it's I mean? True. It's like, hey, That's we're true. playing like an early game. So, yeah. well, hey, I don't one... mind any of these early games. Like, no, no, more basketball I mean, is better, man. Yeah, I mean, I go to bed pretty early, so you know, I've been early, trying the earlier the better. You know, it's actually that's very true. I've been so, going to bed pretty early. Well, here is some fan question. One fan question. I, I we're I think we could probably fit one in here, and I'm going to pick the one that sounds best to me because I'm starving right now. But um, somebody asked, <laughs> while you were in Omaha, where were your go-to food spots? That is a good question. That is. A great I'm question. I'm missing a lot of my Omaha food spots right now. I am too. Omaha. I'm a plug Omaha too here. Uh, Omaha is one of the has some of the best restaurants. It's a great food city. An underrated, an underrated, very, food very city. underrated food city. Yeah. And I will say that just in having so many good friends on these Big East teams, like my god brother was Mustafa Heron. Um, oh yeah, from St. John. Yeah. So yeah. his dad and my dad were college roommates. Oh shit! No way. Yeah, Central Crazy. Connecticut State. Um, Small and world. So, huh? He went vegan a few years back, right? And it was awesome to even just like be able to have Omaha because I, four years in, I'm like, I know where the vegan spots are. Like, yeah, I would go to like for him, and I love vegan food too. Yeah, me too. I like to try different. I like, I'm like, I'm like 50% vegan, 50% like non vegan. Like, Like, I I, I like to try vegan here at home all the time. I just like to, I like to try things, man. Yeah, I'm not opposed to trying any type of anything so it's a myth that it was, vegan it's a myth that vegan food is bad it's not oh, it's absolutely. amazing like it's arguably it's so better good. it's, it's so better good. than like and it's so it, i i think it's awesome because it's very creative oh yeah well yeah like, you kind of have to get creative yeah. when like in replacing like meat yeah, and stuff you exactly know, like, and so i was able to bring him to spots like even like the modern love like <sighs> and yeah so good and mac so, and sh- mac and shoes bro mac and shoes Ooh. mac and shoes and the cauliflower wings Oh my gosh, hit. So so good. Um, very diverse food city in Omaha, awesome. And uh I just think some okay, so some of my favorite spots. Speaking of cauliflower wings, have you ever had night owls cauliflower wings? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Dude, they have just yeah. Any wing Super options good. in Omaha? There's so many wing options in Omaha. It's night Owl's got really good amazing. regular wings too. Like I've eaten. Night, you have <laughs> Night Owl. You have uh, pretty much any Joe Schmo bar on like the street corner. What is the one? Like I'm thinking they'll of? have good wings if they're. What's in the one? Um, in, why am I blanking on? Why is my mind going blank? Um, in Midtown. Oh, the the Buffalo Rings and uh, I can't remember what the hell that place is called. No, 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 no. no. The yeah, the wing spot uh raise 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 raise, raise. Yeah. there we go Come it's on, been a, it's been a couple things it's been a couple Man, things since I've been raise. there but yeah raise, raise is really good too i'm just yeah, raise. Like so raise was really good um i like raise a lot i would go to raise a lot on weekends just for the wings because i like the chard i like that yeah it's oh my god modern love was the spot just because i loved some 
the vegan mix was great because like, you know, like on the team, we had a lot of team meals. Um, and so like your like spaghettis and pastas sure, and, right. and all that, like, so I would like to change it up. So modern love was great, but, uh, pepper jacks too, man. Oh, I, can't lie. I, I dude, It's either people always either say pepper jacks or, uh, Runza, you know, I'm more, I've never pe- had Runza. I never had, oh, Runza. you never had you didn't, four, you know, four years, four years, in, four years in Oman. You four years never had Runza. Runza. Damn. That's I'm, people I'm hate on me for it. People hate on me for it. But like the people who I know eat good food in Omaha never told me to go to Runza. Well, you know, there's oh, actually, wait, I'm completely forgetting my favorite. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. What is it in uh, Omaha right now? Um, what's the burger joint? Um, is it in Omaha or is it yeah. outside of Omaha? Dinkers, 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 yeah, I'm Dinkers. Like, yeah, Dinkers, is, Dinkers is the best. Dinkers is my favorite. Like, spot. if I wanted, if I was really hungry and I needed, I also lived down the street, like my junior year, I lived off campus. Oh, nice. I lived in the, I lived in the house, uh, with like some managers and. Sure. just some of my friends from uh, yeah. just like the school and we would go to dinkers every saturday oh dude yeah. you know a place is always going to be good when they make you pay with cash oh yeah <laughs> you know I mean? exactly like, i've had some and, and and it was great too because like you know dinkers is a local spot and so anytime i would go in i'm wearing a crate and hoodie or whatever like the cooks and bartenders and all that like oh you play on the team and stuff and like where most places i'm like I don't want to get into this. Like, it's like, yep, to... I am <laughs> there. I was like, yes, like, because, and again, it was a fun place because you know, yeah. kind of know sports. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's a, it's a sports kind of, it's not a sports bar, but like, you can you know call it, you could call it a sports bar. It's almost a sport. God, bar. I love dinkers. Yeah, oh it's good. God. It's good stuff. The well, they have, a, they have a, they have a sports bar in like the front half, the front half. Is Those burgers. Bar. That's yeah. the, is that not the best burger in Omaha? Uh, that's the best burger in Omaha. Yeah, best. It's one of the best, if not the best. I think that's, Stella's and Bellevue is pretty good too. I can, I could always go for Stella's. See, it's outside. People told of the me city, Stella's. I never went there. That's terrible. It's yeah. It's outside of the city anyway. It's in Bellevue. It's kind of in a. That's it's in a terrible. weird spot, but it's really. I should have went. Well, shit, Jordan. Thanks for taking time, man. I think we've been on for like almost an hour and a half now. So oh, yeah, this, we're is, a little this is now. This, this is great awesome. for our first episode. And yeah, thanks again, man. Um, we'll have to link up here in like a couple months yeah. after we let's get, get some more. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get back, back on. on. We can we can kind of do uh, some more updates. But yeah, good mm-hmm. luck to everything that you're doing with White and Blue Review, mm-hmm. man. We'll be tuning in. I'm sure all the other Jays fans will be too. Awesome. Um, yeah, and much we'll love, We'll have man. to have you on. We'll have to have you on. Dude, yeah, I, I'm always I yeah, I'm, no, I literally do nothing. I don't leave my house these days besides to go run like during the day and work. So, right, right. you know, I'm weird here. times. But hey, as long as we can get on this pod and talk great basketball, I think I think we'll Absolutely. be good. So we'll have to make something happen. Well, thanks again for your time and uh, check us out on uh, socials, guys. Uh, Section two twenty nine talk on Twitter. Give us a like, follow. Um, stream the episodes. We're really excited to be back next week. We'll be back with a uh, a full week rack up after uh, Christmas, and uh, we've got a ton more player interviews on the way. I've got a ton scheduled out, so I'm really excited to be sitting awesome. down. So, uh, all right, guys, we'll have a great rest of your uh, Christmas week here. Jordan, take it easy, and we will. Uh, you we'll too, talk man. soon. Happy holidays. Have a good Christmas. All that. You too, Everybody man. out there, have a good Christmas and roll Jays. Roll Jays, baby. <laughs>